Hello, everybody. This is Sasha. I am so happy to have with me again because we have a previous conversation that was so amazing that you have to check out. Uh, with me again, this amazing, powerful woman that I adore so deeply, Samantha Bryan from the Skunk Project. Hi. Thank you for having me. I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too so much. If you haven't checked out our previous conversation about female anger, you totally need to. It's such a powerful conversation and uh, one of the favorites of people that have listened to it. So definitely Is it? Yes, people have heard it and gone like, oh my God, it was so important for me to listen to this right now. So, yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> so one of the topics that we have been going back and forth together on our social media is uh, gender. Because uh, that's something that has been um, a passion of both of us in our in different in different ways. Uh, Samantha is studying actually gender uh, gender studies in university. Is it right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I guess like informally, right? Because the only form of education doesn't need to be from uh, an institution. Uh, there's all kinds of learning that's completely valid and real. And uh, so uh, outside of an institution, I've been studying, you know, um, women, gender and sexuality for uh, at least like 10 years now. Um, I think uh, I, I've always been very interested in women and gender, um, especially because of my upbringing. You know, my mom's a very strong feminist, um, leans more towards second wave feminism because of her generation. But like still, that was a really interesting foundation for me growing up. Um, and uh, so I was just always very present for that. Um, I was also raised in a partially pagan household, uh, Wiccan household, because of her practices and her leanings. So I, I had a front seat to that. And then, um, you know, I got older and like the art I became involved in, um, I became a big part of the Boston burlesque community. And you can't be in the Boston burlesque community and not be a feminist, regardless of your sex or gender, wherever you are on either of those spectrums. Uh, you, you just can't successfully be in that community and not just become a devoted feminist. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've been studying uh, through that channel for a long time, of course, reading books and supplementing and traveling and then working on the Scarlet Tongue Project and learning from all the incredible uh, women and queer folks that I meet doing that. Uh, so, yeah, so all of that has led me to uh, finally re-enrolling in a university here. And so I have a concentration right now in women, gender, and sexuality, which I love. <laughs> See why I have to invite her. So <laughs> yes. And I think it's such an important topic in the spiritual community. So yes. what, what got us together the most was this um, frustration. Because every time that I read the, oh, you are so feminine, you are so masculine, you're in your masculine right now. Well, you're in your feminine, that man is emotional, so he thinks he's feminine. I could just start having internal convulsions. Like, <laughs> that. that is upsetting. <laughs> that is so limiting. Limiting. Yeah, it's like women are emotional, men are intellectual. So if a woman is intelligent, she's in her masculine. Like, do you even realize how? castrating how limiting and how damaging that is to both men and women yeah 
No, it's uh, it's just, it's just offensive and it's outdated. You know, um, I know that we're trying to use language that is like a like a reclaiming of that. You know, um, you know, by being like, you know, oh, being my feminine means I love that I'm emotional and I love that I'm slower and I love that I'm abstract and whimsical and I love that I'm softer nurture. I love these qualities. You know what I mean? Like, okay, good. And you should, they're beautiful things. Um, but can someone else love them as well? You know, like, what is it? Does that like fundamentally change them? And, and also too, like understand like the same qualities. And this is part where we have to start questioning things. It's not that you can't love those traits because those are beautiful traits. If you extract them from gender, they're just, they're just ways of being a human in the world. And those are beautiful things. Um, but understand it becomes political, right? Like in your, in your acceptance and celebration of it, because you're a woman, you know, like I love this trait because I'm a woman, you know, whatever. Um, and also recognizing that not that long ago, and even still those traits are insults. Those are insults, you know, because you're a woman. When you was used to put women down, to oppress them, to not take them seriously, to harm them, to commit violence against them, you know, and these other things. So it's like, it's not an attack. So right when we start to discuss gender and all these things, it's not criticizing those traits. It's uh, giving a critique and it's questioning, you know, like, why is that connected with being a woman? And how has that been used to harm us? How has that been used to limit us? And like, yes, you're celebrating, but are you reclaiming that? Are you conscious of the history you're reclaiming that from? You know, and I think, and I think if we're conscious that it's reclaiming in the way that we present these things, then it is very powerful. Like, you know, yes, actually you've been right this whole time. Women are naturally softer. Women are naturally nurturing. Women are naturally more whimsical. Like, I love it now. It sounds like Thank you, patriarchy, for showing me the light. Like, I will stay in my place. This is beautiful. I don't need you anymore. Like, what? That's, that's garbage. I'm plugging my computer in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, I mean, my oversimplified two cents about that, but that's just... And then the, the upsetting part is that when a woman shows traits that are, in quotations, masculine, mm -hmm it's uh and she she's driven she's strong she she has a lot of fire in the belly she has this passion about a certain topic she's intelligent and brilliant and educated uh, and she's mm -hmm. uh, ambitious and and she's good with business and she the first thing that people tell her is oh you're in your masculine. You're in your masculine. And she's supposed to be flattered. Oh yeah, well uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in my masculine. In reality, no woman wants to be told that she's masculine, and no man wants to be told he's feminine, even, except if they if they are working on their on their inter inter you know like like moving out of the gender box, right? But if you're telling a woman, oh, you're intelligent, then you're masculine, and a man, oh, you are you are emotional, then you're feminine. Even if that man might be queer, it's like uh, yeah, but my emotions are necessarily feminine. I was born with emotions even before. I, 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 before I knew about my my 
my desire to to or or my needs or my, I just was born with emotions. Why are you telling me that my emotions are just feminine? Aren't men capable of feeling emotions as well? So uh, yeah, I mean, you see everywhere. Hold on, I'm plugging this in. <laughs> yeah, men are like limited in the emotions they're allowed to have, so they just are on level eleven in like. There are three emotions they're allowed to have rather than just like let it spread out in like the whole range. And that doesn't mean fundamentally they don't have them. That doesn't mean naturally men don't have these. I think that's wicked fucking offensive to assume like, oh, men, men can't access emotions. Men don't have these emotions. Yes, they do. It's just been beaten out of them. And not only by other men, not only by their fathers and patriarchy and their mothers or whatever, by other women, you know, I was talking to my partner not too long ago about how like women, especially in heterosexual relationships will perpetuate, you know, like these stereotypes of, you know, like the man needs to be strong. She doesn't want to date a pussy. You know, he was telling me like, if like, you know, he were to go out and like see one of his guy friends or something, you know, his girlfriend would be like, Oh, just you buddy, just your boyfriend, you know, like, Oh, like a man having friends means he's like automatically gay, but also like that's homo homophobic, right. To like be mocking them. Like, you know, you got a boyfriend, like, first of all, like what, what is all of that? What is like all the fucking layers of that? You know? So it's like, we're all complicit, you know, our, our society as a whole, you know, in Western society, we're complicit. Yeah. And in that sense, when I hear the question, oh, do, do women really want their men to be vulnerable? Oh, no, it's a turn off to have a man being too vulnerable. You don't want a whiny man. It's like, they are capable of emotions. We shouldn't be speaking about their capacity to have emotions are our capacity to welcome them in their emotions. That should be just given. But then they, they are afraid of being considered less of a man. If they are, if, and that's such an issue because men are so um, afraid of this label, masculinity. Am I man enough? Is this manly enough? Will I be, will I be considered less of a man if I express this emotion? And then we come with this new age movement with the idea that, well, yeah, if you're emotional, you are in your feminine. What does right. it do to a man that is already questioning his capacity to feel like a man? Again, with quotations, yeah. right? Like, because I know that it's such, in this time, gladly, we are moving out of these boxes, but these spiritual movements are creating a bigger box instead of letting us move out of the box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, in so many spiritual communities, and I think, Okay, so religion is always a reflection of the culture at the time, right? And so it's like these, these spiritual beliefs that we believe that God or the universe like bestowed onto us, right? That we take as like truth. Like, it's just, I think we've talked about this on the phone. It's really just energy being filtered through our cultural perspectives, right? So like in a lot of these, you know, spiritual circles, it's like the woman gets to just be free. She gets to be nature. She gets to be the ocean. Um, and you know, the man gets to learn how to be the container. The masculine is the container and the protector, 
right? And like we, we build whole rituals out of this, right? So when a man is in his masculine, it's like, oh yes, step forward, divine God, divine masculine. We need you to keep us safe while we work our, our silly lady magic, you know, or it's like, oh, whatever it is. Um, but if a man is in his feminine, I don't know if this happens in circles you've been, but there's always this degree of leaving him alone. And it's very subtle. When a man is in his masculine, everyone's like, ooh, I'm so turned on. That's super hot. Look at him. He's strong. He's protecting us. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It feels like a, like a cock in his hens. Like, it's just silly. And it's like, oh, yeah, come here. We need you. But then when he's like, I'm feeling really in my feminine, like, we, le- we leave him alone, you know? Because it's like, oh, he's in his feminine. Like, let's, let's let him fall into the background because he's not serving the purpose like his body should serve, you know, or, or like, oh, he doesn't have much of a purpose. Like, let's let him like fold in with everyone else, you know, not even like, oh, would you like to have the lead then in this dancing part? Would you like to have the lead then in this singing part? You know, would you like to call the goddess in? It's not, it's just like, oh, you know, Scott is in his feminine, so he's going to take a nap, you know? You know? Like weird, you know, um, but if a woman is like, you know, and if a woman is like, I'm so in my feminine right now, everyone's like, goddess, you know, and they like lose their shit and they're like, I can see her. I can see the goddess coming through. Can you, can you, or is she just the hot babe that you want her to be? Is she just conforming the way you want her to? And, and you're not seeing the goddess coming through, or maybe you are, I don't know, but like, maybe it's just like like a cis woman feeling confident in her body and that aligns with your, you know, ideas about how the world works. So you're just like, this is powerful. Yeah. That more powerful than a man is feminine, you know? And then when a woman's in her masculine, I think we also reward her. I think there's a moment of fear, right? Because it's like, Ooh, she's straight. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's bossy. She's straight. She's aggressive. Something's up with her. Like, I wonder what's going on at home, you know, like whatever. Um, or, or there's a reward. Like, ah, you've transcended womanhood. You are, you are better than the other women because you get things done. You are better than the other woman. And you're, you're better, you're higher, you're at another tier, you know? So it's like, it's also hypocritical. <laughs> Absolutely. I love how clearly you stated. And was that clear? I feel like I was rambling. Sorry. Absolutely <laughs> clear. And it's also painful for the, for the person. There is this shaming that goes behind that. There is this shaming for a man that is being called too vulnerable, too feminine. And there is this shaming for a woman that is being too masculine. Because it's like, well, yeah, you're so much in your masculine right now. Like if she was standing in something unnatural, like if it was not her nature, and then they they say, well, we all have masculine and feminine. That's such a misunderstanding on the way in which energy actually moves. Energy Mm -hmm. doesn't have feminine and masculine. Energy is energy. Energy just moves. And uh, people use a lot the idea of the yin and yang, but they have no clue of how the yin and yang actually function. It's like- I love this. Yes, the yin and yang are actually ever moving energies that, that that turns one into the other. It's just 
the gene is constantly turning into yang and the yang is constantly turning into gene and they are more about the nature of the universe uh, like cold and warm you know water fire than about gender when, when have you seen the water actually being a gender it water well that's a, that's that's what waves are that's what waves are they're just sea dicks just <laughs> coming and then going to shore <laughs> But, but people are, are like so, uh, and there is where when this limiting idea of religion comes, that that says, well, you know, the sun is masculine, yeah, the the, the earth is feminine, and that's limiting and ignorant because in reality, in in previous religions, in their origins of religion, the sun was feminine and eventually it had a masculine counterpart and, and everything and even the earth was masculine and it had a feminine eventually a, a counterpart so it's like we start just there, there is this this quote that i love that says are we creating god to our resemblance or are we actually being uh, like uh, created to, to her resemblance, because mm -hmm. in reality, we speak to, about the divine according to our limitations. Just what, mm -hmm. we, what we are capable of seeing is what we express about what we understand about the universe. And that, that it's like all the um, archeologists refer to their historical, uh, discoveries just limited to their perception and to their religion and to their understanding. So they cannot understand why a goddess would be uh, treated as an entity that was intelligent, that was a warrior, that was uh, fierce, when in their understanding women didn't have those qualities. But all the way back uh, before patriarchy took over, those were the qualities that were assigned to women. Women were known to be intelligent, to be capable of great uh, warrior uh, skills, and to be the ones that were uh, that were in charge of politics, that were in charge of of creating this, uh, of having property, of having uh, of managing uh, wealth. And it was until patriarchy came that they said, oh. Women are so emotional that they are incapable of having power over wealth. They are incapable of speaking in public. They are incapable of having a voice in politics. And they created a god that resembled all the masculine uh, ideas that they, that they hold so dear. And they removed those qualities from the goddesses so that we don't have any representation that, that, that makes us know that we are capable of having that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it's varies in so many different cultures around the world, too. Um, you know, I, I think many of us think in terms of like Western society and how things have been, but you no, know, have matrilineal traditions and cultures and everything else, and it it's different from matriarchal. I think a lot of uh, women in spiritual circles focus on like this like fantasy matriarchal society that like never really existed. Um, but there are so many societies uh, that do and have um, just treated gender differently. It's just a totally different um, approach. But uh, I guess uh, 
go back. Sorry, I'm digesting everything you said. I lost my train of thought. Um, in Western society, you and I have talked about this at least, um, you know, going all the way back, like when you're saying like how they statues of, of men and they took, you know, attributes away from women and less representation, you can see this transition mythology change. You know, suddenly mythology was all about like the conquering of the evil woman, right? And like that went around the same time when like women were being treated differently in society. Suddenly they were, you know, uh, second class. Suddenly they were the nature that needed to be conquered. Um, you know, and uh, what you and I were discussing previously is like how these attributes became divided based on bad medicine in, in ancient Greek culture. And I, and here I'm only speaking about uh, like Western society. I can't speak to like other cultures outside. I'm, I'm definitely not an expert, but, uh, and I'm not an expert in this either. <laughs> this is my limited information. So like just based on shitty understandings of medicine, you know, primitive medicine, they were like, oh, okay, well, men are this way and women are this way. So you, you have these traits and men have these traits and, you know, men have the ability to just, you know, transcend the body and be this brilliant mind and know absolute truths and just understand the ways of the world. And you, you crazy beast, randomly bleed periodically. Uh, suddenly, like another human grows in your stomach. Don't know how that happened, you know, and like. Uh, or like, like, a, like a very primitive idea of like all this happens. So women, because they didn't understand women, they didn't understand uh, their bodies and everything. They just get cast into the shadows because you're like, you're not understandable. This is scary. And so with that motion of casting them into the shadows is something they didn't understand. They're like, oh, while we're throwing out the trash, take these other traits with you that are inconvenient and we don't like, we feel bad about them, you know? So, uh, you're emotional. Take that one. We don't like emotion, you know? Um, you, you're indecisive. We don't like that one. So you, you take that one too, you know? So, uh, and that's just stuck around. It's just stuck around. And there's this attachment in a lot of spiritual communities with seeing like, ancient mythology as like some kind of truth not as cultural commentary and storytelling so they're like well the ancients did it this way well the ancients had like limited science and they were kind of fucked. yeah that's right um you know so it's just like so i think like a lot of religions actually perpetuate these cultural beliefs of this division between the sexes, even though as we're finding out in science, like there are, I'm not finding out, but like as, as is being more spoken about um, in mainstream conversations, there aren't two sexes anyway, you know? So that concept in and of itself where it's like, you know, like if people are becoming a little more comfortable with like, oh, well, gender is non-binary and you can have whatever traits you want, you know, and oh, whatever, you know, but like sex is sex and you have male and female at the end of the day. And now we're starting to have more conversations and science is becoming more mainstream now. Like, well, you know what, even, even sex isn't binary anyway. So like, what is, what is this? This is garbage, you know, <laughs> like let's start picking that apart. But yeah, so we're hanging on in, in Western society, we're, we're hanging on to, at least in, in part, largely like these ancient Greek views based on bad science about how reproduction worked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. totally, um, 
it's just like taking this little piece in the story of humanity and taking it and repeating it like the absolute truth. Like, mm -hmm. like, like those, th those hundreds of years where philosophers were thinking that way. And thinking that before they, they came with that illuminating, enlightening wisdom, uh, everything was barbarism, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, they were so primitive. When in reality, there were cultures that were so advanced, so intelligent, so wise, so wealthy, uh, that were flourishing before they came and that were doing things differently and had a whole different mythology and had a whole different cosmovision of the world, of the universe. Uh, yeah. the, I was so blown away when I read that um, in, the, in the years from the 3000 to the um, 1500 year before mm -hmm. Christ in mm -hmm. Egypt. It was uh, it, the first dynasties, the first uh, uh, 10 dynasties in Egypt were matrilineal and therefore the queen was the one that was above the king. The term pharaoh came from uh, the house. She was the house. It was a term for the queen, for the woman, mm -hmm. based on the goddess Isis, who was the one, the one throne of where everything came to existence from. And that it was women who had the access to wealth, to politics, that, that they would give children to men right away when they were little so that they would take care of the, of the kids. So men would stay at home, take care of the kids, weave, and they would be the ones seduced into marriage. They were, the, the women would write poetry to men in order to seduce them, to marry them. So mm -hmm. we are holding one truth nowadays holding it like the one undivided truth that speaks about the traits of the masculine and feminine. But we're not looking that this piece comes from a very limited view of a culture that took over violently uh, over the, the cultures that were already thriving years before. Uh, that, that had a whole different and uh, opposite perception. So, who is right and who's wrong about how a woman is supposed to be, about what feminine is supposed to be and masculine is supposed to be. The, mm -hmm. the Egyptian that thought that uh, the woman was brilliant and capable of, of having amazing decisions, or the one that said that women were just emotional and if she had the capacity to think, it was because she's in her masculine. So, uh, yeah. who? what are we... we replaying and reproducing once and again as reality. Mm -hmm. we, we can choose to, to take another narrative, a narrative that is not limiting and that is not that damaging to the roles in quotation that we should be playing. Right, absolutely. And I think like knowledge is power, right? Like I think so many of us in Western society just assume that our experiences and the baseline education we have is just how the world works because it's all we're exposed to, right? And all we're exposed to in this uh, society, mainstream society, is gender binary and sex binary. You know, again, more conversations are happening, but it is such a fight for the people who are like championing these causes and the people who are living these other identities and realities and sexes and genders. Like it is a fight, it is dangerous, you know? And so I think in order for us to understand like how you know, 
bioessentialism is garbage, um, we need to educate ourselves. And that doesn't mean going to a formal institution, but pick up books about, uh, you know, women in other cultures, not in like Western societies, you know, um, like go back hundreds of years to, you know, women in West Africa, you know, go to uh, women in like Southeast Asia, you know, like study like matrilineal societies and stuff like that. And like understand that it's pretty hard to get rid of our, our bias we've had since birth. So in terms of how we've been told, you know, like the world is duality and it's gender binary and sex. So I take that concept and be like, oh, this is how I was programmed. That doesn't mean it's truth. Doesn't mean that's universal truth. This is how it's programmed. Try to put that aside. And rather than projecting that Western ideal onto it, just see how these other cultures approach genders and sex. It looks different from our own. And I think if we try to look at it the way we've been programmed to think, we'll try to put it in our categories, but understand you can't put it in those categories, right? And so just, just expand in that way, I think is like a really good way um, to start changing our minds and look, looking genders are capable of and what different, cult, uh, different sexes are capable of and everything else. Um, something that you say that it's so important, so let me just go back to that point. This is a struggle. This is a battle. This is not just about philosophy and, uh, and okay, how was life back then or how, is li or how was life in Greece or in Crete? Or it it's about the struggle that so many people is going through with these labels. Mm -hmm. I know that as a woman, the label of uh, not being smart, because that's the masculine, and not mm -hmm. being driven, because that's the masculine, and not being, uh, you know, like clear, because that's the masculine, has been a weight on my shoulders, because we have to prove uh, that we can, that we know, that we, that we are capable twice as hard as a guy that, that is maybe less prepared, maybe less educated, maybe less uh, driven. Yet again, it's like our measure is always in a disadvantage mm -hmm. because people consider women less capable. We still see women, just today I was reading this post of a woman that shared an article about uh, economy and finances and the present crisis in, in investment. And so this guy said, oh, wait, but you have to know that, you know, man's playing in the article. So she said, well, dude, that's what the article is saying. And he said, dude, read the article again. And she said, I wrote the article. So that's pretty much what we women have to deal with. Whenever mm -hmm. we bring something to the table, it is questioned because our capacity, our skill, our intellect is still in question. It was mm -hmm. just one generation ago in Mexico that women were, uh, my mother had to be beaten when she wanted to study college. Uh, and that's in Mexico. In Afghanistan, wasn't Malala shot for wanting to study. So why? Because women belong to the house, because women are, emotional so our job is to nurture and to and to serve and to, that's 
the impact of these limiting beliefs is not just about understanding a religion, it's about understanding how that has an impact on the way in which we move in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God, my brain just exploded into so many pieces based on what you said, because I, I do, I want to talk about like gender roles in Mexican culture, how important that is, and how as a white woman, it's very easy for me to say like, just tear down gender, just don't do gender, um, because my culture is not threatened by tearing down a traditional family or tearing down traditional gender roles. And I know in other cultures, especially in the United States for people of color, it's not that simple to just abandon your gender because it means so much more than that. And I want to like actually hear your perspective and talk to you about that and everything. Can we do a part two of this? Would you be down for that? Absolutely. That would be amazing. Yes. yes, yes. Okay. Because I feel like this is so like complex that I really want to do that with you. And I, we don't have the time today. Um, more parts to this and explore like culture and gender and why there's that like locked in tendency and how that's like very real and very valid um you know and then uh, and and then maybe go on to some other things there but I want to come back to that yeah it'd be really good um I'm wondering if like maybe today like closing out I don't know maybe we can like kind of discuss for a minute like just some ideas of approaching um, spirituality and magic in a in a non-gender binary way for people to like start thinking about, you know? Um, because they think like sex magic, for example, right? Like sex magic is often a primary example of like gender binary, right? You know, it's like it's the union of penis and the vagina or like being, being very like genital based for your body. And that tends to come from a very like cis perspective. Um, and, uh, and I, and again, I'm not an expert in, in, you know, sex magic or tantra or anything like that. So I can't go too deep into it, but kind of like one of my observations is, um, you know, whether it's, I say we put a lot of emphasis on the power of the reproductive ritual, how that is like the ultimate creation, the ultimate magic and all this stuff. And, and so, you know, uh, a cis woman being in her cis womanness is the goddess and a cis man being is cis, cis manness is like the God. And that is it. And they're coming together is like the big bang <laughs> figuratively and literally. <laughs> and like, there's just been so much emphasis on that for so long that people, like quote unquote in their power it's not because they are man or woman per se it's because they're just in their bodies and they have access to bodies and i would love if like these circles had more conversations less about you are a true man or a true woman or like you know for like trans men or trans women you know like the way we accept them and force them into certain binaries and whatever and it's just like ah you know it's stressy or like they the language around it is limiting and still it, it's very, very So I think just like having open conversations about people finding their power just from knowing their bodies, not because they subscribe to a sex and not because they subscribe to a gender. And, and subscribing to a gender can be part of their journey, of course, so not to take that away, just not forcing them into it. You know, like 
for me internally, like I don't actually identify as a woman, but I belong to a political party of women, right? Because like I, I have certain life experiences based on how others perceive my body. I have certain life experience based on like how others treat me because of my body, you know, uh, and, and all that. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. So getting into our bodies and just honoring that and it doesn't have to be man and woman. Yeah. And right. You can have any kind of body and do that. And I, and I, so yeah, like some like, like ritual ideas or magic practice ideas that are not about the binary that people could like shift into. Like, I remember I was looking at alternatives for, um, like, like Beltane rituals that were not gendered, you know, had nothing to do with like a man and the woman. And um, a few came, I wish I, I uh, had to close out all my tabs, but maybe I can like find that and send it like as a link. Um, Cause these, uh, these students, I don't remember which university they created, still honored duality coming together. Um, it wasn't like man and woman or like, oh, feminine and masculine. It was like, um, like lover and beloved or something like that, you know, or like different, like, like temperatures and seasons and like emotions, you know, um, like the, and I, I thought that was a, like an interesting way to like explore things. And then I was speaking to a friend of mine. Um, and I can also send a link to their blog as well. They're an amazing, uh, thinker and writer and activist in, in all things gender. Uh, they were talking playing with each other, you know, and the differences of like energies of different planets playing together. So just like different ways of bringing different aspects of nature and the universe and thought and energies um, in their perceived duality, but not about gender, you know, and like merging those and what does that create? So it's kind of thoughts. What do you think? I love it. I think that I work a lot with sex magic and the, the approach that I love about sex magic uh, and the practice that, that, that I do with Taoism is that it's not about the gender precisely, that the same practice that a woman does can be done by a man or by somebody that doesn't have the genitalia of a woman but wants to do that, that practice, right? It's just it, that, that energy moves. It's life force. I call it just life force. It's not feminine energy or masculine energy is life force running through our body. It's life force that moves and manifests in a way that feels arousing because life is arousing, because life mm -hmm. is sensual, because life, life has this quality of fire and water and softness and, and strength. It's just like this ever dancing uh, movement of energy. It's just energy moving and dancing in our body whatever body it is. It can be masculine, feminine, or neither, I mean, or both, because there are people that have both genders, uh, like physically, uh, they, they might have happiness and a vagina. And so it's about just energy moving through their body, whatever they have, however mm -hmm. they want to feel it, however they want to enjoy it. It's about I, I believe it's about having the ingredients, like when you prepare a recipe, and just blending them together in whatever way feels more tasty to you. Adding more sugar or less sugar, adding more more coffee or less coffee, adding cinnamon or adding, you know, uh, milk or honey. Just mi mixing your ingredients in a way that feels 
celebratory to your nature, whatever that nature is, just enjoying, and whatever that nature is that time. I have been uh, the one giving in a very, in quotation, masculine way to my partner. I have been the one that uh, opens him in his vulnerability. And I am still me. I am not. I, I'm not wearing a mustache uh, when I do that. I am not wearing a, uh, you know, like, like my, my. I don't change my name to Sasha when I do that. I'm just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Sasha! I love Sasha. I want to meet him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just it's just me in whatever flavor I choose to cook that day. I, okay, I love that analogy. I love that analogy. And it just like, ah, I'm like thinking again, right? Like Beltane, cause that's like the, like one of the most gendered, like, you know, spiritual rituals that a lot of people do. I know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I gotta go for a minute. Um, it's like, what if instead of like, oh, if you're like, you know, a woman today, or if you're feminine today, join this circle. And if you're a man today or masculine today, join that circle. What if it's like, if you are salty, be in this circle, you know, if you are caramel, <laughs> if you're a flower, if you are chocolate chip, like whatever it is. And then everyone gets their little, and, and then we just like bake a cake together. We bake cookies together and then we eat them and it's delicious and like go from there. I, I don't know. Maybe the eating is like having sex, but however <laughs> that works. Um, I don't know. I love that. I love that. But I always love food analogies the most. So I'm biased. <laughs> okay. okay. I have to, I have to go uh, to this wedding now. Uh, Thank you so can much we please continue you. this? Yes, we need, we're going to have a second part. So stay, stay put for our second conversation about gender and culture, which is so important. And thank you so much for joining in this conversation. I love this. Oh my God. I love you, Sasha. Thank you. This is everything to me right now. And, and I hope it becomes everything to other people from listening to it. And, and I know I don't have all the answers. So hopefully collectively we can have this conversation and come up with some really cool new ideas and new perspectives. So I love you. Thank you for doing this work. You're a hero. Thank you.